Good afternoon and good evening. Meeting you where you are, no matter what time of the day it is. Welcome to the Crown Table Unleashed. Are you ready to be motivated, inspired, and encouraged? It's time for you to get in step with the spirit. Here is your host, Jeffy Clark III. Listen, today we are going to be talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, guys. I cannot wait to get into this. It's going to be something a little different than what you're used to. Usually when you go to church, it's about, you know, we're talking about what's going on and, and, and what's happening. But today we're going to have a, something different um, that I will explain to you guys when we come back. So we're going to get right into it, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to today. I can't wait to get into it. I hope you guys are just as excited as I am. Way from the dead. Can you hear his voice calling? It's time to live again. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. Pilots struggle. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilified. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like Sheep without a shepherd. Mary is crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarf. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sundays come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burning. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. 
his tribe. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, birds trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands God. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. It's Friday, and guess what? Guess what? Sunday is coming, guys. Sunday is coming. Well, our God got up, walked out, and the prophecy was fulfilled. But today, we know that Jesus died for us, right? Uh, we know that Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. But what I want to get into today, today guys, is um, there's this medical doctor who pretty much gave the the breakdown of what it was. And what Jesus went through um, in that time on the cross. I'm going to read it and um, we're going to go through it and we're going to talk about it and just really dive into the, the pain and suffering that happened on Friday. Um, his name is Dr. David Tersaka. And this is the med medical aspects of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and professor of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In the last few hours of Jesus' life, what did he endure? And what shame did he suffer? Excruciate is to cause great agony and torment. The Latin X out of from excruciate is cross from the cross. 
the tone of this presentation can best be summarized in the word excruciate, the root of the word excruciating, which refers to something which causes great agony or torment. The Latin roots of the word are ex, meaning from or out of, and cruciate, meaning cross. The word excruciate comes from the Latin for from or out of the cross. Jesus spent the last hours before the crucifixion at several places in Jerusalem. He started the evening in the upper room in southwest Jerusalem. At the last supper, he told the disciples that his body and his blood were to be given to them. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 29. He went outside of the city to the garden of Gethsemane. He was then arrested and brought back, brought back to the places, to the palace of the highest priest, where he was questioned by Amos, a former high priest, and Sisyphus, Amos' son-in-law. Afterwards, he was tried by Sahedrin and focused to be guilty of blasphemy by proclaiming himself the son of God. He was sentenced to death. He was sentenced to the death penalty since only the Romans were able to execute criminals. He was sent to Pontinus. Pontinus Pilate at the at the Antonia Fortress. Pilate, not finding anything wrong, set, set, sent him to King Herod, who returned him back to Pilate. Pilate, submitting to the pressure of the crowd, then ordered that Jesus be flogged and crucified. He was finally led out of the city out of the city walls to be crucified at Calvary. It is reasonable to assume that Jesus was in good health prior to the order that he faced in the hours before his death. Having been, having been a carpenter and traveling throughout the land during his ministry would have required that he would be in good physical condition before the crucifixion. However, he was forced to walk two and a half miles over a sleepless night, during which he suffered great anguish through his six trials and mocked, ridiculed, and severely beaten, and was abandoned by his friends and father. The ordeal began in an upper room of a house at what we now call the Last Supper, where Jesus is given the first communion predicted that his body and blood would be given Matthew 26 verse 7 through 29 today in Jerusalem one can visit the synagogue or synagogue Latin for dining hall a room which is built over what is believed to be the site of the upper room which was located on the southwestern aspect of the old city 
Luke chapter 22 verse 44 says, I am, I am being in anguish. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. The spirit of God crushed. From the upper room, Jesus went outside of the city walls where he spent time in prayer at the garden of Gethsemane. The garden has many ancient olive trees today, some which may have grown from the roots of the trees that were present in Jesus' time. All trees in, in and around Jerusalem were cut down when the Romans conquered the city in 70 AD. Olive trees can regenerate from their roots and live for thousands of years. The name Gatsamein comes from the Hebrew Gat Shemin, meaning oil press. Since oil is used in the Bible to symbolize the Holy Spirit, it may be said that the garden is where the Spirit of God was crushed. It was here that Jesus organized in prayer over what was to occur. It is significant that this is the only place in the King James Version where the word agony is mentioned. Strong concordance. The Greek word for agony means to be engaged in combat. Jesus agonizes over what he is to go through, feeling that he is at this at the at the point of death. In Mark chapter 14, verse 34, yet he prays, not my will, but thine be done. Of medical significance is that Luke mentions him as having sweat like blood. The medical term for this hemohydrosis or hematidrosis has been seen in patients who have experienced extreme stress or shock to their system. The capillaries around the sweat pores become fragile and leak blood into the sweat. A case history is recorded in which a young girl who had a fear of air raids in World War I developed the condition after a gas explosion occurred in the house next door. Another report mentions a nun who, as she was threatened with death by the sword of the enemy soldiers, was so terrified that she bled from, from every part of her body and died of hemorrhage in the sight of her assailants. As a memorial to Jesus, ordeal a church which now stands in Gatsamane is known as the church of the agony also called the church of the nations because many nations donated money to its construction Matthew chapter 26 verse 56 then all the disciples deserted him and fled do not be far from me for trouble is near and there is no one to help. While in Gethsemane, Jesus, Jesus is betrayed by Judas and arrested by the Jews. His disciples all desert him, and even at the expense of running away, naked, Mark chapter 14, 
verse 51 through 52. He is bound in John chapter 18, verse 12, then brought back to the city to the court of the high priest, which is located near the upper room. Following are some of the illegal aspects of the trial of Jesus. Trials could occur only in the regular meeting places of the Saharadin, not in the palace of the high priest. Trials could not occur on the eve of the Sabbath or feast days or at night. A sentence of guilty might only be pronounced on the day following the trial. In Deuteronomy 19 verse 15 says, One witness is not enough to convict a man accused of any crime or offense he may have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 6, On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a man shall be put to death, but no one shall be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. Mark chapter 14, verse 56, many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. While in the court of the high priest, he was questioned by on us. John chapter 18, verse 13, and struck by a soldier in John chapter 18, verse 22. He was then brought to Caiaphas and, and the Sahadrin who brought who sought to put Jesus to death by the false testimony of many witnesses. The witnesses brought against him did not agree. By the law, no one could put, no one could be put to death without the agreement of two or three witnesses. Although the witnesses did not agree, he was found guilty of blasphemy. When he told them of his identity as the son of God, he was sentenced to death. Jesus suffered ridicule from the palace guards who spat on him, beat him, and slapped him on the face. In Mark chapter 14, verse 65, during the trial, Peter denies him three times. Proceeding, proceedings of Jesus' trial violated many of the laws of his society. Among some of the other, other broken laws were any arrest could not be made at night. The time and date of the trial were illegal because it took place at night and on the eve of the Sabbath. This time pre precluded any chance for the required adjournment to the next day in the event of a conviction. The Saharan was without authority to instigate charges it was only supposed to he it was only supposed to investigate charges brought before it in Jesus's trial the court itself formulated the charges the charges against Jesus were changed during the trial he was initially charged with blasphemy based upon his statement that he was able to destroy and rebuild the temple of God within three days as well as his claim to be the son of God. When he was brought before Pilate, the charge was that Jesus was a king and did not advocate paying taxes to the Romans. As stated above, the requirement 
of two witnesses in agreement to merit the death penalty was not met. The court did not meet in the regular meeting place of the Saharan and required by Jewish law, as required by Jewish law. Christ was not permitted a defense under Jewish law. An exclusive search into the facts presented by the witnesses should have occurred. The Sahadrin pronounced the death sentence under law. The Sahadrin was not allowed was not allowed to convict and put and put the death sentence into effect. In John chapter eighteen, verse thirty one. Today one can visit the palace of the high priest. Well one can stand in the midst of the ruins of the courtyard and model of the structure in Jesus' time. Mark chapter 15, verse 15. Wanted to satisfy the crowd, Polite re released Barabbas, Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The Sahadrin met early the next morning and sentenced him to death. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 1. Because the Jews were not and the Romans were able to carry out in execution, Jesus was brought before Pilate. The charge was now changed to an allegation that Jesus claimed to be king and forbade the nation to pay taxes to Caesar in Luke chapter 23, verse 5. In spite of all the charges, Pilate finds nothing wrong. He sends Jesus to Herod. Jesus is speechless before Herod, except to affirm that he is king he is king of the Jews. Herod sends him back to Polite, and Polite is unable to convince the crowds of Jesus' innocence and orders Jesus to be put to death. The same people that he is trying to get on his cross for and die for is the same people trying to put him on the cross. Polite is unable to convince the crowd of Jesus' innocence, innocence and others. Jesus is put to death. Some sources state that it was Roman law that a criminal that was to be crucified had to be flogged first. Others believe that Jesus was flogged first by Polite in the hope of getting him off with a lighter punishment. In spite of his efforts, the Jews allowed Barabbas to be released and demanded that Jesus be crucified, even crying this his blood be on us and on our children. Matthew 27 verse 25. Polite hands Jesus over to be flogged and crucified. It is at this point that Jesus suffers a severe physical beating. During a flogging, a victim was tied to a post. Leaving his back entirely exposed, the Romans used a whip called a flagrum or a flagellum. Which consisted of a consisted of small pieces of bone and metal attached to a number of leather strands. The number of strikes is not recorded in the gospel. The number of blows in Jewish law was set in Deuteronomy twenty-five, chapter twenty-five, verse three, at forty, but later reduced to thirty-nine to prevent excessive blows by a counting errors. The victim often died. From the beating. 39 hits were believed to bring the criminal to one from death. 
Roman law did not put any limits on the number of blows given. During the flogging, the skin was stripped from the back, exposing bloody mass of muscle and bone. It's almost like a hamburger. Mm. Extreme blood loss occurred from the beating, weakening the victim, perhaps to the point of being unconscious. We know what hamburger looked like, guys. We know exactly what hamburger looked like. Man, that to see that on a on a on a on a human body of this of this a uh, man of this of this magnitude of what is happening, right, and what the crowd is wanting to happen. Matthew chapter twenty seven verse twenty through thirty. The soldiers stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt, knelt it front, knelt and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail the king of the Jews! They said. They spit on him, and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. Jesus was then beaten by the Roman soldiers in the mockery. They dressed him in what was probably the cloak of a Roman officer, which was colored dark purple or scarlet. He also wore the crown of thorns, unlike the traditional crown, which is depicted by an open ring. The actual crown of thorns may have been covered, may have covered the entire scalp. The thorns may have been one to two inches long. The gospel state that the Roman soldiers continued to beat Jesus on the head, the blows would drive the thorns into the scalp. One of the most vascular areas of the body and forehead causing severe bleeding. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. Isaiah 1 and 18, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though you, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Through they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. The significance of the scarlet robe and crown and thorns is to emphasize Jesus taking the sins of the world upon his body. The Bible describes sin by the color of scarlet in Isaiah 1 18. And that thorns first appear after the fall as a sign of the curse. Thus, the, artic the articles that he wore are symbols, symbols to show that Jesus took on the sins and the curse of the world upon himself. It is not clear that he wore the crown of thorns on the cross. Matthew describes that the Romans removed the clothes after the beating and that they put his own clothes Back on in Matthew 27, chapter 27, verse 31. Isaiah 50, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6 says, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheek to those who pulled out my beard, and I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14 says, Just as they just as there were many who were who were applaud who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man. 
that his form mirrored beyond human likeness. So at this point, Jesus didn't even look like a man anymore. He didn't even look like a human. He was beaten so severely to the point that he he was he was not himself. The severity of the beating is not detailed in the Gospels. However, in the book of Isaiah, it suggests that the Romans pulled out his beard, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. It also mentions that Jesus was beaten so severely that, he, that, his, for, that his form did not look like that of a son of man, son of a man. That a human being, the literal translation of the verse reads, so marred from, so marred from the form of a man, was his aspect that his appearance was not as that of a son of a man people were appalled to look at him isaiah 52 13 his disfigurement may explain why he was not easily recognized in his post-resurrection appearances today one can visit a site known as the the lathoscrotos traditionally believed to be the floor of the antonio fortress Although recent excavations may cast doubt on this theory, the floor is marked for games once played by the Roman soldiers. From the beating, Jesus walked on a path now known as the Via Dolorosa, or the Way of the Suffering, to be crucified at Galagotha. The total distance has been estimated at 650 yards, that's six and a half football fields. A narrow street of stone, it was probably, it was probably surrounded by markets in Jesus' time. He was led through the crowded streets carrying the, the crossbar, the crossbar of the cross called a pentabellum across his shoulders. The crossbar probably weighed between 80 to 110 pounds. He was surrounded by a guard of Roman soldiers, one which carried a titulus, a titulus, a sign which announced his crime of being the king of the Jews. In Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, on the way, he was unable to carry the cross. Unable to carry the cross. Some theorized that he may have fallen while going down the steps of the Antonio Fortress. A fall which, a fall with a heavy portobellum on his back may have led to a contusion of the heart, predisposing his heart to rupture on the cross. Simon of Cyrene, currently North Africa, who apparently was affected by these events, was summoned to help. The present Via della Rosa was marked in the 16th century as the route over which Christ was led to his crucifixion. As, as is the location of Calvary. The true location of the Via della Rosa is disputed. Much tradition as to what happened to Jesus is encountered on the Via della Rosa today. There are 14 stations of events that occurred and nine churches on the way today. 
The Stations of the Cross were established in the 1800s. Today, there is one section of the path where one can walk on the stones which were used during Jesus' time. Psalms chapter 22, verse 16 through 17. Dogs have surrounded me, and a band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I cannot count all my bones. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. The crucifixion event is is prophesied in several places throughout the Old Testament. One of the most striking is recorded in Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 where it says that my servant will act wisely or prosper. He will be raised and lifted up and greatly exalted. In John chapter 3, Jesus talks about his fulfillment of, of that prophecy when he says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. He refers to the events recorded in Numbers chapter 21 verses 6 through 9. The Lord had sent a plague of fiery, of fiery serpents on the people of Israel and they bit the people so that many of the people died. After the people confessed their sin to Moses, the Lord forgave them by having a bronze serpent made. Made Bronze is a symbol of judgment, and the serpent is a symbol of the curse. Whoever was bitten by a serpent and then locked at, looked at the bronze serpent would, would, was saved from death. These verses are prophecies that point to the crucifixion in the Jesus that point to the crucifixion Jesus would be on the cross for the judgment of sin so that whoever believed in him should not die in eternal death but live in eternal life second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 amplifies this point in that he the father made him who knew no sin the son to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him it is interesting that the sign of Esculapius which is the symbol of the medical profession today had its roots from the making of the bronze serpent indeed Jesus is the healer of all Jesus is led to the place of the skull Latin cavalry Aramaic to be crucified the actual location of Calvary is also in dispute at the end of the Via della Rosa there is a T intersection if one turns left we go to the church of the Holy Sephalusher if one turns to the right one goes to Gordon's Calvary the church of the Holy Sephalusher has long been believed to be the traditional site of the crucifixion. Gordon's Calvary has a possible prophetic reason for being the actual site of the crucifixion. In Genesis 22, Abraham is tested by God to sacrifice Isaac on the top of a mountain, realizing that he is acting out a prophecy that God himself will provide a lamb. Abraham calls the place of the event Jehovah Jireh, meaning 
in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. If we take this as a prophetic event of Jesus' death, then Jesus died on the high ground of Jerusalem, Gordon's Calvary. In the highest point of Jerusalem, 777 meters above sea level. Mm. Today at Gordon's Calvary, calves in the rock are situated, which give the site the appearance of a skull. Jesus was then crucified. Crucifixion was a practice that originated with the Persians and was later passed on to the Cather the Carthaginians. Oh, these words are something else. And the the Phocians, the Romans perfected it as a method of execution which caused maximum pain, maximum pain and suffering over a period of time. Those crucified included included slaves. Included, included slaves, provincials, and the lowest types of criminals. Roman citizens, except perhaps for soldiers who deserted, were not subject to this treatment. The crucifixion site was purposely chosen to be outside the city walls because the law forbade such within the city walls. For sanitary reasons, the crucified body was sometimes left to rot on the cross and serve as a, as a disgrace, a convincing warning and deterrent to passers, passersbyers. Sometimes the subject was eaten while alive and still on the cross by a wild beast. The procedure of crucifixion may be summarized as follows. The petabellum was put on was put on the ground and the victim laid upon it. Nails about seven inches long with a diameter of one centimeter, roughly three eighths of an inch, were driven into the wrist. The points would the points would go into the vicinity of the median nerve, causing shock of pain to radiate through the arms. It was possible to place the nails between the bones so that no fractures or broken bones occurred. Studies have shown that the nails were probably driven through the small bones of the wrist since the nails in the palms of the hand would not support the weight of the body. In ancient terminology, the wrist was considered to be part of the hand. Standing on the crucifixion sites, sites would be upright posts called stipes. Standing about seven feet high in the center of the of the stipes was a crud seat called a saddle or a saddleum which served to support for the victim the petabellum was then lifted lifted onto the stipes the feet were then nailed to the stipes to allow for this the knees had to be bent and rotated laterally being left in a very uncomfortable position the titulus was hung above the victim's head there were several different types of crosses used during crucifixion in Jesus' time it was most likely the cross that, that used was a T-shaped or a Tau cross not the popular Latin or, or T-shaped cross that was accepted today 
Psalm chapter 22, verse 14 through 15. I am, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is, is dried up like a pot shred, like a partridge, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of the death. Having suffered from the beating and flogging, Jesus suffered from severe hypovolemia, hypovolemia, from the loss of blood. The verses above describe his dehydrated state and loss of his strength. When the cross was erected, erected upright, there was tremendous strain put on the wrist, arms, and shoulders resulting in, dislo in a dislocation of the shoulders and elbow joints. The arms being held up and out outward held the rib cage in a fixed in inspiratory position, which made it extremely difficult to exhale and impossible to take a full breath. The victim would only be able to take very shallow breaths. This may explain why Jesus made very short statements while on the cross. As time passed, the the muscles from the from the loss of blood, last last of oxygen, and the fixed position of the body will undergo severe cramps and spasmodic contractions. Matthew chapter 20, 27, verse forty six. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, "Ella, Ella, lama." Sabathina, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? With the sin of the world upon him, Jesus suffered spiritual death, separation from the Father. Isaiah 59, chapter 59, verse 2, says that sin caused a separation from God and that he hides his face from you so that he does not hear. The Father must turn away from his beloved Son on the cross for the first time, Jesus did not address God as his father. Mm. Even Jesus had a moment, and it's the moment that a moment that we have a lot in life, but Jesus even had a moment where he was like, God, where are you? God, where are you? And we have and we have those moments uh too. But to know that Jesus did, that Jesus feels the, the pain that we go through, he understands the the emotion and the emotion that we go through and, and the things that happen to us. And to know that 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 Jesus is doing this for us, man, it's it's big and and thank you. It's not even enough. Shallowness of breathing causes small areas of lung collapse. Decreased oxygen and increased carbon dioxide causes acidic conditions in the tissues. Fluids builds up in the lungs, makes situation makes in situations step two worse. Heart is stressed and eventually fails. The slow process of suffering and resulting death. During a crucifixion may be summarized as follows. 
it appears likely that the mechanisms of death in crucifixion was suffocation. The chain of events which ultimately led to suffocation are as follows. With the weight of the body being supported by the sandalum, the arms were pulled upwards. This caused the intercostal and pectoral muscles to be scratched. Pectoral, pectoral muscles to be scratched. Furthermore, movement of these muscles was supposed was opposed by the weight of the body. With the muscles of respiration thus scratched, the respiratory bellows became relatively fixed as dyspnea developed and pain in the wrist and arms increased the victim was forced to raise the body of the sedulum the raise the body off the sedulum thereby transferring the weight of the body to the feet respirations became easier but with the weight of the body being exerted on the feet pain in the feet and legs mounted when the pain became unbearable the victim again slumped down on the sandalum with the weight of the body pulling on the wrist and again scratching the intercostal muscles thus the victim alternated between lifting his body off the sandalum in order to breathe and slumping down on the sandalum to relieve pain in the feet eventually he became exhausted and lapsed into unconsciousness so that he could no longer lift his body off the sandalum in this position with the respiratory muscles essentially paralyzed the victim suffocated and died due to the shallow breathing the victim's lungs began to collapse in small areas causing hypoxia and hypercarbia a respiratory acidosis with a lack of compensation by the kidneys by the kidneys due to the loss of blood from the numerous beatings resulted in an increased strain on the heart which beats faster to compassion to compassionate fluid fluid builds up in the lungs under the stress of hypoxia and acidiosis the heart eventually fails there are several different theories on the actual cause of death one theory states that there was a filing of the of the presidomia with fluids which put a fatal strain on the ability of the heart to pump blood another theory states that jesus died of cardiac rap of rupture the actual cause of jesus death however may have been multifactorial and related primarily to hypovolemic shock exhaustion exposia exposia and perhaps acute heart failure a fatal cardiac arrhythmia may have caused the final terminal event in john chapter 19 verse 29 through 30 a jar of wine vinegar was was there so they soaked a sponge in it put the sponge on the on the stalk of the high salt plant and lifted it to jesus's lips when he had received the drink jesus said it is finished with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit that was the last scroll guy that was that was that was, that was all he had 
that was all God had left, guys. That was all Jesus had left. The vinegar was the seal on dip. You know what? Not only am, am I up here, but then they trying to not even give me water, but they are giving me this bitter drink to drink. But for Jesus to say, it is finished. That is the, that gots to be the, the three words that have, that give us eternal life. It is finished. It's Jesus accepting that his work is done. And now our, our debt is paid. Now our debt is paid. Having suffered severe blood losses from his numerous beatings and thus in, in a dehydrated state, Jesus is one of, in Jesus, in one of his final statements said, I thirst was offered two drinks on the cross. The first, which he refused, was drugged, was drugged wine mixed with mirth. He chose, he chose to face death without a clouded mind. It was merciful Jewish practice to give to those led to execution a a draught of strong wine mixed with mirth so so as to deaden consciousness. Mm. The charitable office was preferred at the at the cost of of if not by in association of of women in Jerusalem. The drought was offered to Jesus when he reached Galagoth, but having taste, tested it, tasted it, he he would not drink it. He would meet death, even in his sternest and fiercest mood, a conqueror by submitting to the fool. The second drink, which he accepts moments before his death, he described as a wine vinegar. Two points are important to note. The drink was given on the stalk of a hypos plant remember that these events occurred at the feast of the passover during this feast exodus 12 22 high was used to apply the blood of the passover lamb to the wooden doorpost of the jews it is interesting that the end of the high stalk stalk pointed to the blood of the perfect lamb which was applied to the wooden cross for the salvation of all mankind. In addition, the wine vinegar is a product of fermentation, which is made from grape juice and yeast. The word literally means that which is soured, which is soured, and is related to the Hebrew term for that which is leavened. Yeast or leaven is a biblical symbol of sin, which Jesus took, took this drink. A drink which was leavened, it is thus symbolic of his taking the sins of the world into his body. Mm, mm, mm. Giving that bitter drink. After he got that bitter drink, it is finished. After he, that's the last cross, it is finished. Mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. Psalm chapter 22 verse 12 through 13 guys many bulls surround me strong bulls of Bashan encircle me roaring lions tearing their prey open 
their mouths wide against me. While he was on the cross, darkness covered the darkness covered the land. Noon to three p.m. Jesus in Luke chapter twenty-two verse fifty-three associates those who arrested him with the power of darkness. Where where were the evil forces while Jesus was on the cross? The verses above above from Psalm Psalms twenty-two seem seem out of place when first read. There seems to be no mention of bulls and lions around the cross. The verses, however, have a deeper meaning. Bashan was an area area to the east of the Jordan River, which was famous for its fertility. Cattle were raised there, which grew to enormous size. The people, the people there worshipped demons, spirits associated with Baal within the cattle. In first Peter five, chapter five, verse eight, Satan is described as a roaring lion seeking those who he may devour. These verses are thus suggestive of the spiritual activity of Satan and his demons celebrating as Jesus was suffering on the cross. Y'all real quick. But the Satan that thought he won as much as Satan was trying to kill Jesus in his entire life through his entire lineage dating all the way back to Moses man Jesus was on that cross Jesus was dying and Satan was celebrating Satan was having a feel and a party but like the like the, like I, like I like I was playing earlier in, in in my in my intro it's Friday and Sunday's coming and that's what he was not expecting. John chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life and only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice. Oh, let me pause real quick. Let me get into that real fast. Stay on my heels. Let me get into this. John chapter 10, verse 17 through 18 says, The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Woo! But Jesus on the cross, when he had that moment, Listen, now this, this is the confidence of, of Jesus. He already know his assignment. He already know what's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to get to y'all right now. I'm going to break in here and get into this preaching and stop this reading. But listen, oh, ah. listen, guys, how many times do we know we know an assignment and we get in the middle of it and we still be like, God, what, what happened to you? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? When God said on that cross, God, why have you forsaken me? It's almost to say that did he forget that he had the authority? Did he forget that he was going to be able to rise on that on that first day? And that's why it's so important that Jesus, you know, you have God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It's so important that Jesus is here and knows our suffering. It's so important that he is interceding on our behalf and, and getting us and, 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 and praying for us to the Father for, for us in heaven right now and 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 as we go through life guys and as we as we have things happen to us we fall into this into this moment right 
because we know we are loved by God. We know we have the authority of God. We know uh, um, um, God is going to provide everything for us, but still we go through life. Still we have that fleshly aspect of what is going on in our life from the spiritual. We still battle with, where is God in my life? Why am I, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? We still battle. We still battle with that, guys. We still have those things happen to us. But I want you to know that Jesus, Jesus had that same conflict. Jesus had that same conflict. And you know what's so what's so beautiful about that? When he says that I have overcome the world, when he says I have overcome the world, ain't nothing else matters after that. Nothing else that's that's just happening in, in, in life that you are going through, that you are that you are experiencing matter because God has overcame that same thing that you that you're fighting that you are fighting against, that same temptation that you feel like is dragging you down. God has beat that. That same trial and tribulation that you are going to that you are going through, God has beat that. God knows how you feel right jesus knows how you feel he knows how you feel in that moment he knows the despair that you are feeling but no more because he has overcame it for you let me get back into this guys luke chapter 23 verse 46 that was a word right there luke chapter 23 verse 66 listen jesus know you he know you he know you he know you jesus called out with a loud voice father into your hands i commit my spirit when he had said this he breathed his last the average time of suffering before death by crucifixion is stated to be about two to four days. Although there are reported cases where the victims live for nine days, the actual causes of death by crucifixion were were multifactorial. Factual. One of the most significant would have been the severity of the scourge scourging. Jesus died a quick physical death. Pilate was surprised that he had died as soon. Mark chapter 15, verse 44. While many of the physical signs preceding death were present, one possible one possibility is that Jesus did not die by physical factors, which ended his ability to live, but that he gave up his life on his own accord. His last statement, into your hands I commit my I commit my spirit seems to show that Jesus' death occurred by giving himself up in John 10. He states that only he has the power to lay down his life. He proved that his power over death by his resurrection. Mm. Truly, God is the one who has the power over life and death. My goodness. My goodness. By breaking of the legs of Heston, by breaking of the leg so that the victim could not push up to take good breath. John 19, verse 32, 32 through 30. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of, of the first man. Whew. Broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus. And then those, those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Confirmed by the spear thrust into the right side of, of the heart. John 19, verse 34. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Death and crucifixion was hastened by the breaking of the legs of the, of the victim. This procedure caused crucifracture, prevented the ability of the victim to take a good breath. Death would quickly occur from suffocation in jesus's case he died quickly and did not have his legs broken jesus fulfills one of the prophetic requirements of the passover lamb that not a bone shall be broken Ooh, 
Ooh, look at that, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. God is ooh, doing a thing. Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, and John 19, verse 36. To confirm that the victim was dead, the Romans inf in inflicted a spear with through the right side of the heart. When pierced, a sudden flow of blood and water came came Jesus' body. The medical significance of the blood and water has been a matter of debate. One theory states that Jesus died of the massive miracle infraction of which the heart rupt, um, ruptured, which may have resulted from his falling while carrying the cross. Another theory states that Jesus' heart was surrounded by the fluid of the pericolano, which constricted the heart and caused death. The physical stresses of the crucifixion may have produced a fatal cardiac arrhythmia. The stated the stated order of blood and water may not necessarily indicate the order of appearance, but rather that relative prominence of each fluid. In this case, a spear through the right side of the heart would allow the pleural fluid fluid built up in the lungs to escape the first, followed by the flow of blood from the wall of the right vertical areas. The impact, the important fact of the medical evidence supports that Jesus did die a physical death. The story, of course, does not end there. The greatest event does, that separates Jesus from all others is the fact that he rose again and lives today. And he intercedes for those who follow him at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Now, when it says the blood and water, I'm going to talk about this real quick. It says the blood and the water came out of, of, of Jesus. Listen, I'm pretty sure um, um, Jesus used a lot of parables. Growing up, um, growing up, <laughs> Jesus used a lot of parables in, in his walk in his ministry, um, and when he and when he spoke, and you had to understand, um, what it meant. So if I'm, if I'm going off of, if I'm going off of that, and it says that the the water ran out and the blood ran out, I'm going with the water ran out and the blood ran out. And when I was when I was reading that, what I was getting was, I was getting, um. Not only am I am I dying, but I'm also giving life, right? So, in that moment, you know, to me, because that's what just what that's what that's what happened. Um, Jesus died so that we could have eternal life, right, with the Father. So, um, when I see blood and water coming out, when they say the Christian side, I'm getting I'm getting the the death of sin, and I'm getting eternal life. I'm getting life. I'm giving both because that's essentially what happened. Jesus gave both at the same time. Um, when he died, you got life, eternal life, if you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. In eternity, Jesus will bear the marks of his crucifixion. Mm. Mm. Revelation 5, 6 suggests that he appears in heaven with the marks as a lamb looking as if he had been slain we know that when he appeared to thomas that he bore the scars of the of the nails and the spear in his side john chapter 20 verse 26 through 28 it also worth considering reasons as to why he was not immediately recognized after his resurrection in john 21 and 12 it is stated that the disciples did not dare to ask him ask him his identity because they knew that it was the Lord. It is possible that his resurrection body still has the marks of his beatings. The body of his glorification will be the body of his humiliation. Ooh, amen. And we 
and we re and we ready to meet him. What have we done with what he has given us, given to us? Today he encourages us to consider the cost of the cross and to apply it to our own lives. In Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-three, it says that then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily, we have to pick up our cross, guys. Daily, we have to uh, 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 move with Jesus and, and, and keep walking, stay on my heels. When we, when he was on earth, Jesus stated that if any man would come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. As we have seen in Jesus' time, it meant going to your death, going to the cross, going to your death, giving up and separating yourself from all that you had, your rights, your friends, your body and your blood, and even your God, and follow him. We are challenged by the example of Simon of the set of the Serene. Scripture mentions him as being the father of Alexander and Rufus, Mark chapter 15, verse 21. Rufus, a choice, a man in the Lord, and Simon's wife were both addressed by Paul in his letter to the Roman church. Romans chapter 16, verse 13. Here was a man was indeed carried carried the cross and made an impact for Christ in eternity with commitment what commitment are you willing to to make to him now the the bible god's word second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 through 17 relates how god once had a personal relationship with man god would take and relate to man just as you might relate to your best friend God created man to give him a meaningful and, pur and purposeful life. Man chose to go his own way and di by disobeying God. This applies to all men, as in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. This disobedience called sin, called, called sin caused a break in the relationship between man and God. If a man casually seeks relationship with God by his own efforts, he will find nothing because sin has has broken the communication. Mm. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. Christianity is the story of God sacrificing his son to a story relationship that has that was broken. It stated as stated in in the above text, Jesus gave up his life to pay for the sins of mankind and taking the punishment of the sin upon himself because he gave his life on the cross. God gave his life on the cross, God, guys. Real quick, let me go back to Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. It says, but your iniquities have separated, be separate, separated between you and God, you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, you, from you, that you will not hear. All right, let's continue. Jesus himself claimed to be, that's why I'm telling y'all, Jesus is the bridge. That's why he says the only way through to the Father is through him. Jesus is your bridge. Jesus is your bridge across. All right, let's go. John chapter 14, verse 6. And only the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ can a man have a meaningful and purposeful life. John 10, 10. God desires that all men come to, come, come to know him in a personal way. If you have never received Jesus' gift of himself, your sins, or have any doubts to how you can have a meaningful, purposeful life by the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ, 
you can start. You can start right now. You can start right now by saying this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I confess that I am a sinner before God. I acknowledge that by your death and sacrifice that you have paid the penalty of my sins for me. Please come into my heart and become the Lord of my life. As you gave your life, I give my life to you. I will take up my cross and I will follow you. Not as I will, but to follow your perfect will in my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, guys. Amen. Amen, guys. Amen. Guys, what a story to tell, guys. What a story to uh, to have, guys. Um, to talk about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I am so glad that you guys have tuned in today with me for the resurrection. Um, to talk about to talk about Jesus, guys, and 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 what he did for us and and his life for us, guys. So I just got a question for you before I get up out of here, man. How is how is how are you right now? You know. Have you fully accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? But not just to say that I accepted him, but I'm talking about I'm all the way there. I am putting down my sins. I am moving to be one and one with him. Every day, guys, we should be working towards that to be in the best possible, the best possible that we can be for God, man. Each and every day, guys. Listen. I am so glad you guys tuned in for the resurrection, right for the resurrection uh, episode here today. I thank you guys. I thank you guys. I thank you guys. I love you guys. Go tell somebody else that you love them. If God has given you the ability to be a blessing to somebody, go be a blessing to somebody. And shout out to Prayer Club 21 guys and Apostle Mike Ebron um, and what they're doing over there. I'm so excited to be a part of that. Shout out to uh, my granddaughter Anastasia. Right, who's coming out with her own uh uh the revamp of her podcast. I cannot wait to to get on to that and listen to that. All right. So, y'all, listen. I'm gonna get up out of here, man. Listen, this season has been uh let me just talk to you guys real real fast if you if you're still here with me. This season has been something, hasn't it, man? It has been a a, a, a great season. I have my um I haven't enjoyed season two. I have enjoyed season two. Season three is actually almost finished. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm ready and excited for that. Um, oh man, guys, life is, life is good, man. Even though there, there are things happening in the world and, and, and things are happening to us, guys. Um, there's so much peace in, 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 in Jesus Christ. There is, and when I say that, I say because, man, I find that the, that the world is, is just full of stress. But when I'm inside of God, when I'm inside of aside of, of Jesus and what he has assigned over my life with this podcast, what he has assigned over my life as far as schooling, what he has assigned over my life as far as my family, I am in utter peace, guys. I mean, it's like walking through an open field and smelling the smelling sweet honey in the air, honestly. Um, it's amazing, guys. It's amazing. And, hey, look, and if, if check this out. If you ain't got that kind of peace yet, if you ain't got that kind of peace yet, you can have that. You can have that with Jesus Christ, guys. You can have that. Listen, 
it's been my time guys i love you you guys have a great great friday and a great weekend and i'll see you back here guys on wednesday Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crown Table Unleashed with Jeffy Clark III. If you found today's episode meaningful and impactful, share it right now with your friends and family. Tune in again right here, same place, same time. And remember, we're meeting you where you are no matter what time of the day it is. Say this all,